0: Welcome to the RIA podcast. This is Seth Green. Today I've got the good fortune to be joined by Gil Baumgarten from Segment Wealth Management. Gil's been in the business over 38 years, been a top producer. Um, at some wirehouses before leaving and coming to our side of the world. He has been named one of the top 20 exchange-traded fund thought leaders in America by Barron's in the Wall Street Journal. He's a multi-year recipient of Barron's Top 1,200 Financial Advisors in America distinction. He's been published in Forbes Business Council and Financial Advisor Magazine. And in 2021, uh, published his first book, Foolish, How Investors Get Worked Up and Worked Over by the System. Gil, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Our pleasure. We're going to go back in time just a little bit. How would you get started in the business in the first place?
1: I uh, started in 1984 at EF Hutton, uh, just cold calling and looking for you know clients and sort of evolved into an advice, sort of a practice from there and uh, decided to make the leap to RIA 13 years ago. So that's been one of the better moves that I've made, probably the best move that I've made. Well, congratulations
0: on the leap. And I'm sure the longer version of the career story is probably in the book Foolish, or if not, might be in the next one. What <laughs> inspired you to become an RIA?
1: Um, I just never really felt like the brokerage industry valued the client relationship like it should. And I thought it shortchanged clients from the trusting type of advisor relationship that they deserved. And I also knew that money was flowing from the brokerage firms into the RIA space and figured I'd better make the leap sooner rather than later. So that's what I did. Well, we're glad that you did. Talk a little bit
0: about who is an ideal client for Segment.
1: Oh, I would probably say uh, somebody who is considering selling their business and going through the tax implications and income replacement sort of uh Uh, mode of of thinking, Uh, you know, might be a 10 to $50 million liquidity event for them and planning all that out and figuring out what to do next. And uh, that's probably our typical kind of client. How are those folks finding you? Uh, we have pretty good uh, web presence I've been on a bunch of podcasts and uh, mostly by referral uh, from existing clients we have a pretty decent referral network of Cpas who send uh clients to us it's we run it as an advocacy business and they understand that uh, so when they when a CPA is looking for somebody to treat their customer correctly then they're you know we're going to be on the short list I would hope Absolutely. How many
0: households is Segment serving right now? 200. 200. And talk a little bit about the team. Um, How many advisors, support staff, stuff like that?
1: Uh, I'm the only client facing advisor. We have 1.3 billion in AUM. That's really my book of business. There's no other advisors there. Um, and I've got uh, eight employees. I have a business development guy who's a scratch golfer, and he's out in the golfing community trying to uh, you know refer business into the firm. I've got an operations manager with mortgage closing experience, so she's like a paperwork fanatic. And then I've got a operations I and mean, a compliance and CFO kind of controller person that pretty much runs all the math of the business, does all of our billings and HR. I've got a CFA level uh, three CFA who runs our portfolios. So unlike many wealth management firms, we internalize the investment management process too. So we run it as a full-fledged wealth management business, but we tuck asset management into it also to keep clients from having to pay a second layer of fee. Uh, So he runs those accounts. And then I've got a kind of a right-hand gal who pretty much does everything from mobile notary to managing our fixed income portfolios. She's level one CFA. I've got an analyst, and I have a, a PR and events specialist, and you know that's pretty much how the business is laid out. I've got a staff CPA who works part-time for our largest household, sort of aggregating data for them.
0: Uh, sounds like you built quite a robust team to serve those clients. Um, you've achieved press throughout your career in the industry that most RAs would be thrilled to get. Talk a little bit about Um, the awards that you've won and kind of the recognition throughout the industry because
1: you're doing a lot right. Well, I appreciate that. You know, the 2023 Barron's top advisor list came out. So we're in ranked number 23 in in the state of Texas. You know, I've been on, uh, you know, Forbes Finance Council and Barron's list of this and that. So I've been uh, on various podcasts, like I mentioned, and I speak at uh, various industry functions, family office uh, type of um, networking events. Uh, we do a um, a big client Christmas party every year. We have about 150 attendees. Many times they will bring a guest that you know. We use that also for networking and for just you know cementing our relationship with our clients. I do i uh, I'm kind of venturing off into business development from your question. Is that okay with you? Of course it is. Yeah. So uh, we do a uh, an annual client pheasant hunt. Uh, I have a plane. We take clients on the plane. They pay their own way with regard to the hunt, but I determine you know who's going to be on the invite list. We do little miniature golf tournaments and jaunts where we take prospects, uh, to different parts of the state or, you know, around to go on golf outings. And we do that kind of uh, networking type of, of an event. So anyhow, don't want to stray too far off topic, but that's how we've developed our clientele. No, that's great. I'm glad that you did that. You're certainly,
0: um, the first RAA I've met in 20 years, who's done a pheasant hunt. So that's a new one. (laughs) How do you find out which of your clients are interested in pheasant hunting or is that everybody in Texas?
1: It's well, it's so easy because, you know, I love to shoot, I love to hunt and fish and have been doing it all my life. And you easily find out just through getting to know people what their common denominators are. Uh, Just like if you were a golfer, which I am not really a golfer, I just kind of, you know, hack around at it um but you know it comes up in conversation you get to know who likes guns and who likes to do outdoor activities and uh and then they just end up on the invite list and I've got maybe 25 people that I invite uh most years but not all years I kind of run through my list and I end up with six or eight who want to go and sometimes we'll charter a bigger plane than mine and you know go up there so good we go to South Dakota and you know, those those types of outings. I'm shooting in a pigeon shoot with a client in a couple of weeks. And um, I've got a center of influence in South Texas who center, who's, sends us referrals. I'm taking him on a fishing trip and just, you know, those kind of things. Now, you mentioned it a couple of times. So I got to ask, what kind of plane do you fly? I have a Pilatus.
0: All right. And how did you get to what do you think contributed to your getting named one of the top 20 exchange traded fund thought leaders in America?
1: Well, when Barron's does its ranking of advisors, they really dig deep into what kind of products you use and the things that, you know, you list as high priority. Uh, Things like annuities are almost a zero for me and ETFs are like a 10 for me. And so I've been running all ETF uh, core satellite type of portfolios for over 20 years. And, um, you know, Barron's just kind of dug into what kind of product mix we had now That's not to say we only run ETFs. And because I'm known as an ETF advocate, many prospects believe that ETFs is all we do, which is really far from the truth. I do think that an ETF being fee- and tax conscious in the way they are constructed is a really good product for clients, but I don't think it's the pinnacle. The pinnacle is a deconstructed ETF and you own the individual components with an index-like methodology uh, without charging clients an additional fee for that, then you can tax manage the components of it and generate much better results for the client. So we own a lot more individual securities than we own ETFs despite our affinity for exchange-traded funds. That makes a lot of sense. Um, how are you protecting clients against the downside? Well, we don't do a whole lot of it. We raised some cash last year and then we were able to get it reinvested for the rally. Uh, but, you know, we've sort of taken it on the chin with this uh, recent sell-off uh, that we've had so far this year. We um, are do a pretty good job of profiling clients who have expectations for certain high expectations for return. we have, pretty well dig out whether clients are going to be flighty if they experience volatility and we keep them in a bond and cash allocation as part of the way we manage their money at all times so that we don't ever have to get the timing correct of when they have to come out of equities and the like. Not to mention, we're super tax sensitive. Of our $1.3 billion, we have over $500 million worth of unrealized gain on our books. And clients are quick to recognize that Holding on to blue chip type positions over multi decade type of time periods is really good for their compounding, and they don't want us to go out and make big changes to their portfolio. So we don't have to get involved in too much market timing uh, type activity. We do use some options, uh, but you know, not a lot.
0: What you're sounds like you're advising a lot of business owners with impending you know with liquidity events. What are some of the biggest mistakes they make that you help them avoid?
1: Um, Well, if we can get in early enough in the process, the majority of our clients and prospects are charitable givers, And the biggest mistake is to sign a letter of intent to sell your business and then try to figure out how you're going to do a tithe or some type of a tax-free sheltering of the sales proceeds. And by then, it's too late if you've already signed the letter of intent to sell it. So uh, we help them either create a family foundation or gift a percentage of the business to a donor-advised fund prior to them committing to sell the business and uh, not getting in early enough to advise those clients or to have a CPA who's a good uh, advocate for that type of tax planning strategy, um, that's the biggest mistake. I see people who come all the way to the end of, you know, selling their 30 years worth of work and don't do proper tax planning in advance of the agreement.
0: You have achieved so much success, not only for your clients, but also for the business itself. What's your biggest challenge now?
1: Well, succession is the big issue that's facing me. I'm 63. Uh, I have a lot of advisors who want to join a firm like mine. But what I find is the ones who want to join really are just trying to truncate their prospecting by about 15 or 20 years. And so I see a lot of people who I don't want to... I've got to be careful about how I say it. I see a lot of people who want to affiliate with me so they can stand right in harm's way of all the clients that they're going to inherit. Uh, That's not rocket science. And I'm also going to be super picky about the type of person I'm going to let have that type of windfall. And many people think that they're going to get it for free when really it has an extraordinary value in the marketplace and they're going to have to pay for it. And so the biggest disconnect is a business like mine, which is worth tens of millions of dollars is outpriced for the type of advisor who would want to come in young in the business and try to accumulate equity. you know, I'm so far down the road of having built a, a business uh, and they don't have any resources to pay for it. so I think that's the the biggest challenge that I face. Absolutely. Your passion is obvious.
0: What do you like best about what you're doing?
1: Well, you know, I like to help people and it's a lucrative business and uh, I've developed some skills over the years and I've got a good team of people. And so I live a pretty enviable lifestyle in terms of not having high pressure and having clients who value what we do. We've kind of run off the ones that, um, you know, the, the aspiring wealthy is probably the one that's hardest to do business with. Uh, just simply because every dollar, you know, means so much to them, whereas the super affluent, you know, million dollars here or there is not really going to be life-changing for them. So they tend to be much better risk takers. So we've profiled who our optimal client is and we kind of stick with that. Uh so it's pretty much the five million dollar and bigger household and 10 or 20 is really better. Um, we also uh, lean towards super low-cost structure. You know, our average fee is 56 basis points. Uh, and that's pretty much all-inclusive because we use very few products. And we do use some ETFs, but our ETF fees are so nominal. Anyhow, it's an extremely low-cost business. So that's how we operate it. Well, congratulations on all of that.
0: We know your time's incredibly valuable. We greatly appreciate you spending some of it with us. For our folks watching or listening who want to learn more about all things Gil and Segment, where is the best place for us to send them?
1: I have two websites, uh, gillbombgarden.com. That's one L in Gill. I'm an artist and I do all kinds of various things. So my personal website has a lot of my artwork, sculptures and other things that I've done. Speaking engagements and those types of things are booked through my personal website. And then Segment Wealth Management is the name of my firm. So segmentwm.com. You can see all kinds of information about how the business is structured and what we specialize in. And then my book again is Foolish, and it's on Amazon. People can just type in foolish book and it'll come up. Uh, So, and it's on Audible if they want to listen to me drone on for a couple hours while I read it to them. So anyhow, that's how they can find me. All right. Well, this has been Seth
0: Green for the RAA podcast with Gil Baumgarten of Segment Wealth Management. Gil, thanks again for joining us.
1: Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks
0: everybody for watching or listening. We'll talk to you or see you next time.